Hello and welcome to another podcast episode for Redeemer Church in Columbus, Mississippi. Our desire with these episodes is to provide quality content based on the material we're working through in our weekly core group meetings. We're striving to build a multi-demographic community of believers with the purpose of glorifying God through proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, and resting in Christ. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. This is James White, and I'm sitting here with David Tilly once again for another episode of the Redeemer Church Columbus podcast. This is a podcast essentially for those who are going to be a part of the church in some capacity or another, if it's now or if it's in the future, with the purpose of really just discussing the material that we're walking through during our core group time as a congregation or as a church. And so this week we're looking at just really biblical structure and in that what we're going to see is um, the role of the elder, the role of the deacon, and then how the congregation uh, applies to both of those things together. But before we get into that, I want to begin just to remind you guys that we at Redeemer strive to be a multi-demographic community of believers with the purpose of glorifying God by proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, and trusting in Christ. And as we seek to reach the Columbus, Caledonia area, that is our desire. And so today, as we get into the conversation, David, would you begin by reading biblical structure out of our core values? Yeah, biblical structure consists of three areas within the church. First, the church is elder-led, which means that the church is led in all of its practices by multiple qualified men that the church has affirmed. Secondly, the church is deacon-supported which means that the deacons help ensure that the church and its members are being uh, served well. This allows the elders to focus upon the spiritual needs of the congregation. Third, the church affirms qualified elders and deacons that are set aside for the building up of the church. This ensures that the overall direction of the church is supported by the members of the congregation. All right, so what we're going to see in this is really three things, elder-led, deacon-supported, and church-affirmed. Now, I'm not going to take the opportunity to read through that statement again piece by piece, but I do want to highlight some things about this. The first one is that elder-led. Now, what we mean by this is that pretty much any kind of biblical teaching or preaching that happens within the context of the church or small groups that isn't just facilitating a conversation, but just really teaching something, um, falls into the purview of the elders. But not only that, they also are the ones that will be leading and guiding in the direction of the church. If it be just decisions of the church or if it be um, the normal practices of the church. And there's some many reasons for that. But I think it mainly just falls into 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 7. We see these qualifications. Um, and the qualifications would really be centered around this idea that these are men that are going to guide the church. They're overseers, they're shepherds, and so they're people that God has entrusted in guiding the church in the direction that it should. Um, there's some pushback in this area, mainly with um, should this function fall into the elders or the deacons. But really, uh, I think that Scripture is pretty clear that the deacons are the ones that do this. And so, now the elders are the ones that do this not the deacons. And so as you look at this in scripture, you know, there is some other questions of how, what this should look like, how it looks, 
and I think that scripture isn't as clear on those things. So there is some gray area there where I think that it can be up to the individual church and their practices. But overall, the deacon, the elders should be the ones teaching and leading the church spiritually. Now, um, there's one aspect of this in our statement that I think is also important to note. It says the church is led in all of its practices. That's what we just discussed by multiple qualified men. Now, the qualified men is just so crucial. Um, elders shouldn't be anyone that's not qualified. They shouldn't be people that aren't able to teach. They shouldn't be people that aren't feeling called to this mission or work. These aren't people that are drunkards or lack self-control or they're not, they're not well-respected in their communities. These, there's a lot of qualifications as you see in 1 Timothy chapter 3 or in Titus chapter 1. That really speaks to the qualification of the elders. The point here is not to go through it. You're welcome to go back and read 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. But in this, we really just see that qualified men is what's so crucial. And so not only any man can fill this role. No. No man, no single man, no, no just man in general fills a seat. And I think too often we do that. And that leads to a lot of issues. But not only that, but it says in the statement that multiple qualified. And so it is our conviction at Redeemer that a best way of practicing as a congregation is having multiple elders. Now this may look like vocational or bivocational or co-vocational elders or pastors. And what I mean by that is you may have someone that is doing it um, for their single job. This is what they do for a living, nothing else. And so they get all of their support from the church or bivocational, meaning that they have a secondary job and then they also get paid from the church so they can focus more of their time in the church or co-vocational, meaning that they're lay elders, meaning that they are not people that take a pay from the congregation or from the church itself. And so uh, I think those are three directions that we can go with the types of elders. But the important thing is having multiple elders that help lead, guide, and direct the church as well as teaching and preaching the Word of God faithfully to the congregation. Yeah, I mean, um, just in my opinion, elders should be just a, a man of integrity, someone that you would look up to, who, you know, I wouldn't say they have high standards, but you look at them with high standards and they meet every single one of those standards. I mean, they're... A person that's highly valued in your community, someone who's well respected. I mean, it, being an elder, being called to be an elder, and you know, I just think that those people are—they're the kind of people you want to be one day, kind of, kind of per se, like a superhero. You know, Marvel had a big movie series past several years. You know, they, your elders kind of want to be your superheroes. They have—they meet all the qualifications the high, all the high standards I mean they are they are high quality men they're not a, a hand-me-down version uh, next is Redeemer churches hard church but our church in general is just deacon supported okay and really what we see in Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 7 though the word deacon is not specifically tied to the role of these seven men that they call out, we do see it in the verb of what their calling was to do, which was to serve the tables, which um, is kind of the idea that deacon's role is to serve the church. 
And so that's why in this statement it says the church's deacon supported. Because what the deacons do is support the church and support the ministry of the church in whatever way is needed. Now this doesn't mean that elders don't do this and this doesn't mean that church members doesn't do this. But rather this means that the deacon's role is to have a good, just really their finger on the pulse of the church's needs and the individual needs of those in the church. In Acts chapter 6, we really see this play out in the idea of the Hellenistic and Hebrew widows at arguments against each other about whose widows were being taken care of and whose were not. And so the apostles, aka the elders of this Jerusalem church, installs these seven men, these deacons, to function in a way to serve the church. And the issue here is that too often in churches, sometimes they land where deacons are more or less the leading body of the church rather than the support body of the church. And we at Redeemer, though we understand people fall here and they kind of fall in this conclusion and um, our convictions are different than that. And it would be that these role, this role is specific to that of supporting the church. Now, this may mean that the deacons help um, really understand the ministry opportunities in the church, the needs of the men and the women that make up the church, the needs of the families that are in the community. These are just men that are able to point the elders and church in the direction of how to help one another as well as those in the community, but they also function in other ways. Maybe they take care of the small things that happen at the physical church location or even in the body of believers that often we think go unnoticed. Um, the way this may look in an established church would be maybe cutting the grass or running the sound or running, helping with the financial side of things, or maybe just doing the small things that maybe you and I don't often think about. Um, and so the deacons help in this. Now, it surely would help with needs and wants and desires of those in the congregation, but they mainly are supporting that so that the elders can focus on the teaching of God's word. Now, they too are have to be qualified men. First uh, Timothy chapter 3, 8 through 13 goes into this in detail. And so it's not just any men that make up this, but those who are qualified within the church. Which then leads us to the last question, is how does the church function in these two areas? So, which kind of, we get to the third point. And I, I do want to read this third point again, but what I'm going to do is get David to read it for me. And then we'll talk about it together. Yeah. Uh, Third, the church affirms qualified elders and deacons that are set aside for the building up of the church. This ensures that the overall direction of the church is supported by the members of the congregation. Okay. So it really says affirms the qualified elders and deacons. We really see a picture of this in two places. In Acts chapter 13, 1 through 3, we see the setting of Saul of Paul and Barnabas for the work of ministry. Um, and we would know that they go on these missionary journeys, establishing churches and setting up churches in various locations. But you also see it in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. The, the apostles, aka the elders, lay hands and pray over these individuals, aka deacons, uh, and to function in this way. But before that, the congregation, the, the people that make up the body, are the ones that set these men aside for this work. With that being the case, I think it's clear that the, the role of the church is to affirm not only the leadership of the deacons by setting them aside for this function and then even showing respect and trust in them to teach them spiritually and lead them spiritually, but also 
to keep them accountable, to keep their leadership in check, to help them in ministry, to you know bring support for them in whatever way necessary in that time period. Um, and the same thing with the deacons is that they set them aside. They they you know see if these men are are tested and willing to do this function and able to do this function. If so, the church then would pray with them and set them aside for this role. And so the church, first and foremost, affirms the, the qualifications and, forms and affirms the leadership of these men. But also, the church plays a factor in any decision process of the church. We at Redeemer, the church, the congregational members are just as significant as the elders or deacons because they are the ones that will affirm the leadership choices of the deacons and elders. Um, Mainly the elders would be making leadership structure, but as we understand that the deacons are the ones serving the people, they will be able to speak into that and for the elders to make decisions. And so they they work together to make sure not only the needs of the church are being met, but the decisions that the church are making are ones in which the church body will follow, as well as the ones that are best for the church itself. Now, I want to sum all this up by just saying that we think this is a biblical model. I think we see this throughout many, much of the New Testament and even some of the Old Testament. And the, really, the way this works is the elders lead and guide the church in every area. The deacons support the ministry of the elders and of the church by meeting the needs of the congregation. And the congregation affirms the leadership of the deacons and elders by not only setting them aside, but following their leadership and even pushing back at times when it's necessary. Now, with all that being said, and I've said this multiple times already, there are people that land at a different place than this, and that is perfectly fine. But this is where we as Redeemer will land. And so we will have elders that function as the primary leadership of the church, deacons that will support their ministry by meeting the needs of the congregation and, and the congregation itself, will come alongside both of these groups of people and affirm their leadership by setting them aside for the work of ministry, as well as supporting them by joining in in ministry and meeting the needs of the community around them by doing physical work or by sharing the gospel. And so we're talking about here structure of the church, not the work of ministry outside of the church. And so, though there are these specific callings of elders and of deacons, we are all called to the same work, which is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that God has commanded them. And so, as we go and we get off the podcast, David, do you want to add anything? I just want to um, <clears throat> kind of go off what you said, you know, not everybody is called to be an elder. Not everybody is called to be a deacon. But we get all the the qualifications. We get all the standards from Jesus. Um, whether you're called to be an elder or a deacon or neither, you know, Jesus still set the standard. You know, he still taught from his father. And he still was a servant. Um, so you may not be a called to be an elder. You may not be a called to be a deacon. Or you may be. But either way... You know, you're still called to, to teach and to serve. You might be called to teach an entire congregation, but you could be teaching somebody around you. You know, just daily stuff, talking about God's Word, 
and you could be, you know, you, you're called to be a servant as well to believers and non-believers, whether it's in a fair situation or unfair situation, you know, we're called to be the people to serve and meet people's needs, um, just like Jesus did. He met their physical needs and then met their spiritual needs, so it could be an opportunity for you to, you know, introduce somebody to Jesus. Um, but whatever you do, just do it out of love. Yeah. And so as we get ready to get off the podcast here, there may be more questions needed to be answered at this point than were actually answered. And feel free to contact me directly, um, and I could speak into this a lot for you. And we land here due to personal convictions, not due to past experiences or anything of that nature, because there's good and bad aspects of any model of church growth structure because we're sinful people trying to make up something holy, but outside of the work of Christ through the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're going to fall. We're going to fail. We're going to falter. And because of that, we trust in Christ and Him crucified and nothing else. And so our church will not be perfect. Our leadership will not be perfect. And I, as the pastor of the church, will probably be one of the first ones to fail. But the thing is, is that we trust in Christ, not in me. You as an individual, we trust in Christ, not the pastor of the church. So my prayer in this model would be that the church is not dependent upon one man, but rather the church is sufficiently dependent upon Christ. And in Christ's providence, if one man's falter or one man's failure or one man's absence does not lead to detriment to the church, and that is a benefit of that of an elder led, deacon-supported, and church-affirming model. God bless, and have a good week. Thank you for listening to another podcast episode for Redeemer Church in Columbus, Mississippi. We hope this material has been beneficial. 